focusing on the Father's love. Father loves you. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you do love us. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and to minister your word and to bask in your presence and to be just a part of the household of God. I thank you, Lord, for each heart and soul that's here. I thank you, Lord God, for your longing heart for us, how you want us to be near you, how you long to fellowship with us, how you long to bless us and to care for us, and to be our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Lord, minister life and encouragement in this place. Let your love be sensed and experienced in such a strong and powerful way that none of us could deny that we've been in your presence today, Lord. Lord, it's not about me or what I have or what ability I have. It's about you ministering through your word and by your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would comfort. I pray that you would heal. I pray that you would strengthen. I pray that you would bring us into a greater realization of what you've done for us through Jesus Christ. And we will give you all the honor and glory for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, and all the people shouted, Amen. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles to Luke 15, a familiar passage of Scripture. One of my favorites, because I feel like it's my biography, The Prodigal Son. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. That word wasted there, that's where the idea of prodigal comes from. Prodigal means wasteful. And uh, so sometimes we waste our lives through sin. Amen? You know, the Bible talks about the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful, especially when you're young and foolish. <laughs> I know as Gary was, was uh, ministering to Dustin today, I was thinking about the young people that, you know, that are here in our midst and how I would just like to grab hold of them and say, listen to the Word of God, you know. Don't be pulled away, pulled aside uh, by the devil's tricks, by the deceitfulness of sin. Because, you know, it looks so good. It looks so inviting that the prodigal was, said, what am I doing here in this bondage, you know, in my father's house? I need to get out and have a good time. I need to go party and do my thing and do whatever I want to do. You know, it's great. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. But he found out it's not so great. Amen? And so he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, you know, they must not have paid him very well in that hog business. He didn't have anything to eat, even though he was working. 
It says, but when he came to himself, praise God. Sometimes the situations, circumstances of life bring us to that place where we come to ourselves. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. You know, when the prodigal son came to himself, he made a decision to return to his father, to go back to his father's house. He says, I know what I'm going to do. I will return to my father. I will say, I'm no more worthy to become uh, your son. Just make me a hired servant. At least I'll have something to eat. He recognized the wrong that was in his life, and he made a decision to come back to the Father. And we might think if it was us, well, what's this scoundrel doing? He's spent the family fortune. He's wasted everything with riotous living. He's coming back now. Why, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make him work in the, in the uh, servants' quarters for 10 years. Then we'll think about restoring him. But what did the Father do? He ran out to meet the prodigal son. He ran out to meet him, although he had done everything wrong. You know, sometimes we have this attitude about people, you know, well, they're getting what they deserved. That's a human attitude. But God so loved the world, amen, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves the sinners, the Bible said, God commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't wait till we clean up our act, amen? He's just looking for us to come back, just to make a step, to make a decision, to come, and he will receive us. And not only did he receive him, though, I love this, he ran out to meet him. Think of it. You know, Jesus is telling us about his heavenly father. He's giving us a parable, a story to give us an understanding about God the Father in heaven and how he relates to his children that will come back to him. He didn't sit back and wait, well, you know, we'll just wait till he gets here from that old, on that old dusty road. No, in his love and compassion, he ran out to meet him. He embraced him. He hugged him. He kissed him. He loved him. And I want you to get this today. God loves you. God loves you. You know, it doesn't say God loved the world. It says God so 
love the world. Amen. And God so loves his children. God so loves you. He thinks you're beautiful. He thinks you're wonderful. He thinks you're great. He wants you to be in his household. He wants the best for you. Praise God. And notice what the father did. He, he says, get the best robe. He didn't say, oh, get, you know, get a secondhand robe, you know, because he's kind of dirty. He, he didn't say, well, you know, something pretty good. No, he got the best robe. That tells me God wants the best for Gary. Amen? And Tom, too, praise the Lord. Amen? We got to get it in our spirit, what our Father thinks about us and how he loves us with an everlasting love, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen? He sent his son to die for us, amen, that we might have the best, the best robe. That robe represents his righteousness. The Bible talks about the robe of righteousness. When you've got that robe on you, amen, you've got God's righteousness on you. He says all is forgiven, all is cleansed, all is gone. You are free. It's a new day, praise God. You're walking in royalty, hallelujah. God gives you his royalty. God gives you his righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. I think we ought to get excited today, Pastor Rich. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. And he, and he brought the, the best robe. And he put a ring on his finger. And we understand in those days they had what they called the signet ring, which would be like the family ring. It had, had like the family sig, uh, signet on there. And you could take that ring and you could make a deal. You could go and buy goat feed or whatever. I mean, it was authority. It represented the family authority. Praise God. It was like check signing privileges. Here's this guy that had wasted the family fortune, and he gets check signing privileges. He has authority. You know, every child of God has been given authority in Jesus' name. Every child of God, even one day old, has that right to use the name of Jesus. Praise God. And then he's walking down that dusty road, probably barefoot, probably feet bleeding, cracked, and everything else, he puts shoes on his feet. Hallelujah. That represents that God gives us the ability to walk with him. Amen. See, we've got to realize our salvation is so much bigger than we have perceived it to be. Amen. We have thought, well, it's just, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, he's made you a saint. He's sanctified you. He's set you apart. He's brought you into the family. He's given you a new pair of shoes so you can walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. You don't have to live a defeated life. You're a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, this thing is great to be a child of God. We need to awaken to what the Lord has done for us and the great love that he has for us. Can I have an amen? And so God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we can come back to the Father. You see, Jesus came to bring us to the Father, to make a way. Remember he said in, uh, in John 14, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Praise God. And, and, and then he says, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. You see, Jesus is the way to the Father. He came to give us access to our Heavenly Father. You notice in his teaching, he's always talking about his Father. And he was always talking to his disciples about their Father. They said, how do you pray? He says, this is how you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He taught them to pray to the Father. You know, it's interesting when Jesus, after he had risen from the dead, he saw Mary and Magdalene. And he says, touch me not, for I have not, ascend, not yet ascended to my Father and their Father, talking about the disciples. His Father is our Father. The God, when you talk about the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's our Father, same Father. In Hebrews, it says that he's not ashamed, that Jesus is not ashamed. Look at it in Hebrews chapter 2. It says, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren. You see, we've been brought into the family of God in the Father's house, amen, with Jesus. The Bible says that we are children of God. And if children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. I'm going to get excited yet before this is over. Hallelujah. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Think of it. We're in a family, folks. We're in a family. This is the family of God gathered together here. This is the expression of God's family right here. The church, amen, the household of God, amen. Young people, stick with the household of God. Stick with the Father. Stick with the church. Be part of this. Don't let the devil deceive you and pull you away, amen. But live continually in the Father's house. As I said, the prodigal son, it's, it's my story. You know, I, I mean, I was taught the word of God as a child. I knew something about the gospel. I even went forward in a church service when I was nine years old. But I went away. I went after the deceitfulness of sin. And it wasn't until I was 27 that I finally woke up and heard the Father's voice saying, turn from the things of the world. And I came back to the Lord. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. And it's a very powerful testimony, what, God's happened, what God did in my life. I thank God for it. But you know what would have been a better testimony? If I just lived for the Lord the whole time. That would be much better. But praise God, he redeems. Praise God, he forgives. Praise God, he heals. Praise God, he accepts us in the beloved. He brings us back into the family. The Father wants you to have a sense of family today. He wants you to comprehend that you are in his household today and you're under the shadow of his wing. Hallelujah. And he loves you and he provides for you. In the Ephesians chapter 4, or chapter 3, rather, 14 and 15, the Amplified Version says this, 
For this reason, grasping the greatness of this plan by which Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, God, the first and ultimate Father. Every family is really a picture of God the Father's family. Amen? Now, many cases, those families are dysfunctional, but this is the plan of God. God sees family, amen? And we are a part of that family. Every family derives its name from the Father. He is the ultimate Father, praise God. And if you want to learn how to father fathers, look to him. He knows how to do it just right. Amen? Uh, I must confess that I wish I knew more about fathering when my children were young. Why don't we know more at that time? Of course, it's all in the book. You know, we just need to research it. But there's so much. I told Susan the other day, I was thinking, it's like, wow, you know, when you get in your 60s or so, and maybe 70s or so, or whatever you are, then you, it's like, oh, I, now I see how you're supposed to do things. <laughs> you know? Wish I'd have known a little better before, amen? But our Father is good. He knows how to nurture. He knows how to love. The Greek word translated father is pater, P-A-T-E-R, and it's from a root word meaning nourisher, protector, upholder. It means one who imparts life. According to the word of God, Father God loves you. Father God longs for you. He values his children. He sees you as beautiful, as we saw in the prodigal son. He has compassion for you. Psalm 103, verse 13 says he pities his children. He rewards you. Matthew 6, 1 talks about the Father's reward. He disciplines us. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Have you ever seen a child that was raised in a situation in a family where there's no discipline? A child has problems, amen? Thank God our Father disciplines us. He corrects us. He chastises us, amen? Some people see that as a negative, but that's good. That's the Father's love and action. Amen. I know when I was raising my children, that's why I disciplined them. It was for their good. Amen. I remember one time I did it because I was angry, and I always felt bad about that. That's not why. You shouldn't do it for, you know, just to punish. No, you're to correct. Amen. And to help guide the child in the way that they should go. And our Father loves us enough to chasten us and correct us and show us when we're wrong. Can I have an Amen. And our Father gives us good gifts, according to Matthew 7, 11. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. And he gives us the kingdom. Jesus said, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. By the way, if he gives you the kingdom, what's left out? He gives you the kingdom, everything you need. Amen? It's your Father's good pleasure to what? Make your life miserable? No to give you the kingdom. Listen, folks, your father's on your side. He's got your best interest at heart. He loves you. Can I have an amen? 
And our Father is accessible. It says, come before the throne of grace boldly that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He is not some distant God on a faraway planet. Amen. He's the today God in your life. And you can come. We sang about it today. You can come because of that grace, because of the forgiveness that you receive because of what Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood for you to pay the penalty for your sins, to remove every barrier between you and your heavenly Father. Because of what he did, you can come boldly to that throne of grace. And the Bible said, as many as received him, as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. Amen? He did it. He did the work. What's our part? Receive him. Receive his grace. Receive his forgiveness. Come out of the pig pen. Come out of the old way of life. Come back to the Father's home. Amen? And live in his presence. I love it. The prodigal son says, just make me one of the, just make me as one of the servants. I don't think he went into the servants' quarters, amen? I don't think he was living in the bunkhouse after that, amen? But sometimes as Christians, we have a bunkhouse mentality. We just see, well, you know, I don't really deserve what God's done for me. I'm just going to just live in a little bunkhouse over here. Just get by. Wait a minute now. Your father has brought you into an inheritance. Amen. Your father has given you the best. Sure, you don't deserve it. Amen. But he paid the price for you to have his very best and to have a relationship with him in his love. You don't need to be in this insecure I don't know if God loves me today. You know, the uh, he loves me, he loves me not thing. He loves you. He loves you. Even when you miss it, he loves you. And he calls you back to himself. He guides you to repentance, amen, just to come back and receive his love. I'd like to share with you a couple of scriptures from John today. John chapter 15, uh, 16, rather. Some of Jesus' teaching about the Father for Christians. How many are Christians today? This is for you. John chapter 16, verse 23. Jesus says to his disciples, I love John chapter 14, 15, 16, Jesus' preparation for his disciples before he left the earth. Some very, very rich teaching in there. Make that part of your devotional time. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 23. In that day you shall ask, Jesus says, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask, who? The Father. You know, Jesus taught us to pray to the Father. He said, whatever you ask, the Father, in my name, he will give it to you. Praise God. Folks, we got some people praying to Mary. Just forget about Mary. Go to the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, praise God for Mary. We're not putting Mary down. But you're not supposed to pray to Mary. Amen. Pray to the Father. You've got access. Amen. You can talk to your heavenly Father. He says, verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask, the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Praise God. He says, my name gives you access to the Father. Amen. He doesn't say pray to Jesus. He says pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Right? How many see that? These things have I spoken to you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you. <laughs> Could you please turn to your neighbor and tell him, the Father himself loves you. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. The Father himself loves you. See, we've got to get this in our minds, in our heart. The Father himself loves you. Remember, Jesus was with them, you know, for three and a half years. I mean, they were experiencing his love every day. They knew about love, amen? But then he says, hey, the Father loves you. He's not a far-off God. He's an intimate God, amen? He's a God that wants to be your daddy. Amen? The Father himself loveth you. Why? Because you have loved me and believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and I have come to the world. Again, I leave the world, and I go to the Father. And as he said in chapter 14 there, I go to prepare a place for you. I turn over to the 17th chapter now of John. This is Jesus' prayer for us. He prayed for his disciples. And in the midst of his prayer, beginning in verse 20, Jesus talking to the Father, he says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word. Well, that's us, folks. We read the words of the disciples in church, the apostles in church, amen? We're living on these words that they've given us. We're the ones he's talking about here. He says, I'm not just praying for these that are with me now physically. I'm praying for all that will believe on me through their word. That's us. We believe on him because of the New Testament. That they all may be one. That they may be in the family, Praise God. We're part of the fam. Hallelujah. We're in the family of God. We're one. That they may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. See, it's through our oneness with one another and with the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit that the world knows about Jesus Christ. We manifest God in our lives. Amen. We're carriers of the glory of God. We're carriers of Christ to this world. See, the things we're talking about, 
will not only benefit you, but they'll benefit your children, they'll benefit your friends, they'll benefit your family because you're carrying Christ to them. In verse 22 says, And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. He doesn't say, And the glory that you gave me, I have given them just a little bit of it. No. He says, The same glory that you gave me, Father, I have given them. The same glory. The glory, the presence, the manifested presence of God, I have given them. that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Praise God. As I have, as thou hast loved me. What's as me? Like? Jesus is saying, Father, you love them like you love me. The fa- How many believe the Father loves his son Jesus? How much? A little bit? A whole lot. <laughs> what did Jesus say? You have loved them as, as, like, 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 you have loved me. The Father loves you like he loves Jesus. Are you hearing me? You see, it's not a figure of speech when you say Father, our Father. It's your family. Your family with God. The Bible said he's the Father of spirits. Amen? His Spiritual DNA is in you. His glory is in you. Father, verse 24, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Jesus is praying that we'll be with him where he is. Praise God, as Pastor Rich was encouraging us about, you know, living in the presence of God. How we get so busy with things. But you know what? If we'll train ourselves, we can be busy with things, but we can still walk in the awareness of the presence of God. We're family. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're family. Tell somebody, we're family with God. Come on, you can do it. Tell them, we're family with God. You know, the Bible said that we are partakers of the divine nature. Do you realize the miracle that happened in your life when you were born again? Oh, glory to God. God's nature came into you. I love that. How many saw that article in uh, Vanderbush magazine that Henry wrote about how big is your God? Anybody see that? Anybody see that? Or maybe, maybe you don't get that magazine out here. <laughs> he says, how big is your God? I love that. Henry's still preaching. He says, 
God's word says that he's on his throne and heaven is his footstool. What's the distance between heaven and earth? You know, he, and he's given this, you know, what the scientists say in light years, how far is heaven, how far is the top of the universe to the bottom, you know? That's how big your God is. And he says, he lives inside of you. <laughs> God lives in you. <clears throat> Anybody getting excited today? Hallelujah. Oh, man, I tell you what. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But turn your Bibles to um, Galatians 4. Galatians chapter 4, and again reading in verse 4, it says, And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to do what? To redeem them that were under the law. See, we were sold out under sin. We were in bondage to sin because of what Adam did. Jesus came to redeem us from that sinfulness and the death that comes from sin. God sent his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem. That means to buy back, to pay the, pay the price. That we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, ladies, don't feel left out here. This is for you, too. Can I have an amen? amen? He uses sons. You know why he uses sons? Because the sons in the Bible culture got the inheritance. So, ladies, this is for you, too. You know, there's a couple of ladies that came to Moses and wanted their inheritance, and, and Moses prayed about it, and the Lord told Moses, give them their inheritance. So God's interested in ladies, amen, <laughs> hallelujah. He's interested in all of us, and in Christ Jesus, there is neither male nor female. But he says, we might receive the adoption of sons, full sonship. And because of your son, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant. You're not in the bunkhouse. But a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The Bible says he sent forth his spirit into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. That's like the scripture that Pastor Rich read about how the Holy Spirit shows us those things that are freely given to us of God. God is trying to show you by his Holy Spirit what it means to be a child of God, what it means to have an inheritance, and what the capacity of your life is because of what God has done for you in Christ. You're united with Christ, folks. You're one with him. Amen? He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Amen? He's called us to walk in the divine nature of God and to carry his glory to the nations and to carry his glory to Ruthton and Pipestone and, and what's the name of your town again? Russell. Praise God. God loves Russell. I've been to Russell once. 
Yes, we're carriers of the glory. We're sons of God. Remember what he said? That the world may know that thou hast sent me. This is the purpose of this thing is that the world might know. Amen. Folks, we can walk in a higher level. Amen. I'm not just talking about some woo-woo thing. I'm just talking about Jesus living through you. The Bible said, as he is, so are you in this world. Remember that. As he is, so are you in this world. You say, oh, I, I mess up. Well, join the club. He knows our weaknesses and frailties, but he'll forgive them, and he'll heal us, and he'll use us. Amen? We just need to be those broken vessels that let his glory shine through us. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Well, nobody else gets something out of this. I am, so praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, Christians, they say, oh, I'm, I'm so weak. I, I'm so frail. I, I sin in thought, word, and deed every day. Wait a minute now. The Bible said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? Confess your strength in Christ. Sure, we're weak. But he said, let the weak say I'm strong. Why? Because he's the strength of our life. Can I have an amen? Believe God for purity in your life and for the manifestation of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's look at one more scripture, then we'll close. Turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. I'll talk just a minute about how to live as a child of God. You know, I believe that Jesus taught us how to live as a child of God. A big part of it is realizing you're a child of God. That's kind of what we've been ministering here. First of all, realizing God's love, realizing how he's adopted you, how, what it means to be a child of God. But then how do we walk this out? And I was thinking about this passage in Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4 for families and children. And it says in, in uh, chapter 6, verse 1, it says, children, what's the next word? Obey your parents in the Lord. Now, if the Lord told children in the natural family to obey their parents, how many think that might be a good clue is how he wants us to act in his family? Are you here today? Obey. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, obey. I was talking to a pastor friend the other day, and he, he was saying, so many Christians don't realize how important obedience is. They wonder why things don't work in their life, and, but they won't obey. Everybody say, obey. See, this is part of the message too. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Amen? Yeah, he's forgiven all our sins. Now we're to walk in his righteousness. Now to, we're to live as obedient children, not fashioning ourselves after the world. We're to be different as children of God. And then it says, verse 2, honor thy father and thy mother. Well, spiritualizing this a little bit, I, I hadn't even thought of this, but 
I thought about the honor of thy father part. You know, how many know children should honor their, their parents? Amen? As long as they're perfect, right? No, he didn't say as long as they're perfect. We're to honor. Children should honor their father and their mother. And that doesn't stop when you leave the home either. We should respect. It doesn't mean that we should follow them instead of God. But there should be respect for our parents. Amen? It's part of the divine order. Amen. But we're spiritualizing this a little bit. Honor thy father and thy mother. We're to honor God. Amen. And Malachi, God asked the question, where is my honor? You're honoring your natural father. Why aren't you honoring me? We should honor God. Amen. See, we need to understand when we talk about the love of God, sometimes we get way over here. We say, oh yeah, God loves me. You know, whatever I do is okay, you know. No problemo. And we get just kind of lackadaisical. Are you hearing me? He's to be reverenced. He's to be honored in our life, in the things that we do, in the things that we say, in our thoughts, in the way that we act, the way that we treat other people. We're to honor our Father by our life. Can I have an amen? We're talking about how to walk as children of God. And what's going to happen? that it may be well with thee. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. See? That it may be well with thee. That's why it's important for us to teach our children to honor us as parents, because if they do, it'll be well with them. And if they don't, it may not go so well for them. Amen? because it's a principle of God's word. But how much more should we honor our Heavenly Father? <laughs> and by the way, if God is the Father, who's the mother? I'm going to stretch, stretch your thinking a little bit here today. Jerusalem, which is above, which is the mother of us all. We could say the church is the mother. We should honor the church. Hello? Well, it got quiet all of a sudden, Pastor Rich. I tell you, I must have got into some strange doctrine there. It's the truth. We should. We should respect the church. We should respect one another. Can I have an amen? And then he said in verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You see, that's what our Father does. He nurtures us. He admonishes us. If we'll stay close to him, he will take care of us, our growth pattern. He will teach us to grow in the things of him. Amen? He will love us. He will nurture us. He's not against us. He's not looking for an excuse to throw you into hell. Amen? He just wants to help you grow in his love and experience his love and to be that blessing, to be like Jesus Christ. He nurtures us. He admonishes us. He loves us. So I hope you're getting today a balance about our Heavenly Father, about his great love, how much he loves us. Yeah, he loves us enough to chasten us, 
to tell us when we're wrong. Praise God for that. I don't want to be an undisciplined child. How about you? Praise God. But one thing to watch out for, you know, the devil might be slamming you, and you might be saying, well, the God's doing this. You've got to say, no, I'm coming to my Father. You know, the, you know what the Bible says? Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen? So if you're having difficulties with the enemy, what do you do? Run to your heavenly Father. Amen? Submit yourself to him, and then use that authority, use that ring, and go out against the devil. Amen? And you'll have victory. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver them from them all. He's got an answer for us in every situation, amen, if we'll come to him and receive from him. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him, amen? Now, Jesus taught us how to live as a child of God. And in John 8, 29, he says, he that sent me is with me. Did you know the Lord is with you? Amen? He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. Are you getting this in your spirit today? The Father has not left you alone. And then Jesus teaches us. He says, for I do always the things that please him. How do you walk as a child of God? Amen. How should we walk out this life? Do the things that please the Lord. How can you tell? Well, Ephesians says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you have been sealed. Amen. The Holy Spirit of God will let you know where you're off. I read someone said one time that uh, the best way to grow in God is just avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen? Just avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, and I didn't share this scripture, but another one in John, <clears throat> says, you know, if you love me, keep my commandments, and my Father and I will come and live in you. The Father, the Son, live in you by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and Son. The Holy Spirit lives in you. God lives in you. He's not far away, amen? He's not way up there where you need to beg him, amen? Just draw near to him. Say, Daddy, I need your help. He, he's, he's with you. He'll help you. He'll, you know, just think of what a loving father on this earth is like, amen? And multiply it by 10 billion and you've got God. Hear what I'm saying? He loves you. He'll care for you. He'll nurture you. He'll bring you up on his lap, Amen. He'll encourage you to pat you on the back and give you wisdom to grow and to develop. Amen. And to be that light in this world. Can I have an amen? We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. 
Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at tomshanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota 56002.